Hello, this is May Al-Sadani. I'm the Managing Director and Legal and Judicial Director at the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy. Today I'm joined by Kareem Merhej, TimeUp's non-resident fellow and a researcher and data analyst with The Public Source. Kareem, thank you so much for being here. We're speaking on the one-year anniversary of the Beirut port explosion, which killed hundreds, injured thousands, and displaced hundreds of thousands. I want to start by relaying my solidarity and sympathy with the people of Lebanon. I can't imagine the pain, but I'm grateful, Kareem, to you for making the time to speak. This was no natural disaster, and Lebanese officials across the political spectrum have been implicated in criminal negligence at the very least. Yet the investigation has stalled, it's faced political and legal hurdles, and no senior officials have been held accountable to date. Kareem, can you tell us more about the state of the investigation? Yeah, so one day after the blast, the Minister of Interior promised that the investigation will take five days and it would be a very transparent investigation. And here we are on August 4, 2021, a year later, and we haven't seen a single high-level official held accountable. So what ended up happening is that when the Minister of Justice appointed a judicial, just like a judge, investigative judge back in August 2020, this, the first judge basically in December of 2020, um, what he did was he charged the sitting prime minister and three former government ministers with criminal negligence. But what happened is that the political class challenged the judge and claiming that the ministers enjoy immunity. And effectively, the court of cassation, which is the, the most the highest level authority in the civil judiciary, uh, received a complaint from two of the ministers and it's dismissed the judge from the case in February 2021. So, and now the political class in Lebanon is playing the same stalling tactics with the judge's successor, the, the second judge who was appointed. And last month in July 2021, the new judge, Tariq Bitar, requested the parliament to lift parliamentary immunity from three of the ex-ministers and who are currently uh, members of parliament. And he also requested permission from the Minister of Interior and from the Prime Minister to lift the, to allow for interrogating and prosecuting the heads of general security and state security. This judge's requests have been either ignored or declined by the President of the Republic or the Prime Minister and the Minister of the Interior. So basically, the political class in Lebanon has used stalling tactics to completely delay the investigation and discredit the investigation. Despite the fact that we all know, especially thanks to some excellent investigative work that has happened, that most of the high-level officials, including the president and the army commander and some of the other senior officials, knew or were aware of the presence of the ammonium nitrate in the port, and they were informed of the grave risks that it posed. And just yesterday, Human Rights Watch released an excellent report on all of this. Kareem, in your eyes, what is the explosion and the state of the investigation? What do they tell us about the ongoing political crisis and some of the more endemic issues of corruption and impunity? So the port of Beirut is really one of the most potent symbols of the systemic corruption that has plagued Lebanon, especially after the civil war. Because what happened is when, once the war ended, the warlords who then became the politicians who ruled the country uh, could not decide on who would control the port of Beirut, which is a very lucrative state asset. So they established something called a temporary committee, which represented all of the factions. And this committee had a very ambiguous and opaque legal and institutional framework. So it's, it did not fall under any of the oversight bodies of the state supervision. 
it basically handled the revenues of the the port the way it decided and this obviously allowed for all forms of corruption to fester all across the port and it appears based on some investigative work that has been carried out that in the last year that some of the, the ammonium nitrate appears to be linked to businessmen with ties to the the regime in Syria the Assad regime and according to Reuters in the last few weeks i think only at around 500 tons of the ammonium nitrate actually exploded not the 2750 tons that arrived so where did the rest go this is in a nutshell the really how the port of beirut was a symbol of the corruption in lebanon Despite all of this, families of victims, the survivors, civil society have really played an essential role in keeping calls for accountability alive. As we end the conversation, Kareem, can you tell us a little bit about what these efforts have looked like and how others can support them? We have to bear in mind that we still don't know the official or the total number of people who got killed by the blast. And the, the official list published by the government date is dated from September 2020. And it has only 191 names, even though the full the total is obvious is around 250 and more in addition there are many who became disabled by the blast so the families of the victims and those who became disabled have been protesting non-stop since December, since august 2020 and the protests are becoming more and more uh, confrontational and it's our duty as uh, seekers of justice to stand by them on the ground and support them in whatever decisions they take Thank you, Kareem, for your time. Obviously, so much to unpack, and this is just the beginning. I'm thinking of you and, and thinking of everyone on the ground. Thank you, Mai.